on, everybody? Welcome to a crazy special edition of the Pro Wrestling World Talks podcast. I'm your man, John, joined always by the man with the plan, Mr. Dan. How the hell are you? <laughs> yeah. And I think we're just trying to take it all in from the last few days. We got a lot to talk about, don't we? We do. We so do. sit back, relax, strap it down for a post-WrestleMania edition of Pro Wrestling World Talks. And then I'm going to... Do you feel the power? Do you feel the energy? Because the crowd didn't after WrestleMania Part 2. But no. we'll talk about all that. <laughs> definitely not after the Raw after WrestleMania. So we'll talk all about that and what the wrestling landscape really looks like from the post-WrestleMania world. It feels like um feels like we're in like the Fallout series where like the bomb dropped, everyone's dead, it's nuked, and now we're like rebuilding somehow. But um I don't it's weird and i'm just gonna say it's weird because the 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 pre-wrestlemania landscape was like unicorns and happiness and hope for the future and yeah we're sitting here on tuesday and i'm just like baffled i'm like how do you just lose all your momentum in 10 seconds business pal um that's pretty much like what i got it's pretty much what i got from everything um you know it's it's hard it's depressing because it's like we things were coming into this so well everything there was so much momentum talent was happy the fans were happy management was happy and then this dark cloud with a mustache just came in and pretty much it's just like no one's having fun anymore. And we'll fun get to that. Gone. <laughs> we'll get to that because uh, get old uh, Raul Julia of uh, the WWE is back. I guess he arrived. I shouldn't say he's back. He's uh, He arrived because Vince McMahon has grown facial hair and decided that he needed to dye his hair like we didn't know he was gray for the last 30. Yeah, exactly. Um, he's in this just weird vain attempt because okay, here's the thing you know, a lot of people can get by with dyeing their hair and still look pretty young, you know, like the aging process hasn't caught up to him. Vince looks like the goddamn crypt keeper, and like everyone, he's like Montgomery Burns when he puts on the mustache, and he's like, I'm Mr. Sroomb, yeah, he's uh. He's not aware enough either that pretty much like everybody wants to be Barney when he was on the bus. That was just like, doesn't everybody in this town hate you? Like, <laughs> like that's everybody wants to do that. 
but they can't uh, because this guy somehow was able to just cling on to this company and just be able to be like, yeah. you know, like it's just, it's, uh, it's demoralizing as a wrestling fan, just because of the fact it's like things were so well, things were going so well. Yeah. And now it's just like, we have to deal with. Uh. <laughs> so let's talk about them real quick. Cause at the beginning of the year, we had a podcast dedicated just to Vince McMahon and my own my besides our Disney take, most of it aged like fine freaking wine. It's like we almost had ESPN. We knew what was going to happen because <laughs> I made a point that I think WWE was going to be sold by WrestleMania. Hot take. I made a point that Vince was going to be back in creative by WrestleMania. Hot take. Hot take. Everyone just said all oh, these, I, you're crazy. Well, look at me now, baby. Here I am. Two thumbs up and, uh, not any more money in my bank account, but maybe after his hot takes, I might make another dollar. We never know. But you know who's not making dollar? Top dollar. Because Michael Cole still hates that guy, and he wasn't on WrestleMania. Even if you say he was a cameo. Yes. Which we'll talk about later. Uh, so let's let's get into the bullshit here. We had a fantastic uh, WrestleMania week. A lot of great wrestling. Uh, including an ROH Supercard of Honor, which a lot of people aren't very keen on. I quite liked that uh, card. Uh, I thought that the matches in particular that were really good, uh, Kanosuke Takeshita versus Willie Mack, I thought was really good in the pre-show. Um, I thought that Stu Grayson and Slim J was a average match, but it's always nice to see a Stu Grayson sighting. I thought the El Hio de Vel- Del Velkingo I can't even speak today. Uh, Vikingo defeating Commander was exceptional. And the funniest part is any show that had gone on that weekend that had one of them booked, had the other booked, and they were wrestling each other. I think it was like three or four times they wrestled during the weekend. And every single match is just art. Uh, The Embassy uh, defeating... Uh, Blake Christian, A.R. Fox, and Metalik. Brian King sing with ROH. Look at that. He's not going to WWE. A lot of people had him uh, doing that. Athena with an absolute masterpiece of a match against Yuka Sakazaki. Great, great match. Samoa Joe defeating Mark Briscoe, which, man, that mm, it was not a dry eye. Not a dry eye. He he hugged his kids, his wife. They were crying. I was crying. The world yeah. was crying. And um, he didn't get that belt. But, man, did he get a great uh, send-off for the show, too. Tanahashi and Garcia. Come on. Come on. It's Tanahashi. The ace of New Japan proved it once again. And Daniel Garcia just eat it up, man. You are facing legends. And uh, no one really knew who you were a couple years ago, and now the world knows Daniel Garcia is a great, great hand. Right. Uh, obviously, the match that got a lot of controversy uh, for a very unfortunate injury uh, to Dante Martin. Oh, a great brutal. match overall. The Lucha Brothers beating uh, Top Flight, The Kingdom, Aussie Open, and La Faccion Ingobernada. Ingobernada. 
let me try that again. Holy crap. <laughs> in Gobernable, Jesus. The Faction in Gobernable. And um, I thought that obviously, you know, it's a, it's a spot monkey fest. Let's just call it what it is. Right. You know, no one's going to be like, man, the psychology that was, you know, demonstrated by Penta and Phoenix. No, there was zero psychology in that match. If there was psychology, that match would have ended, I don't know, 10 minutes before Dante Martin wouldn't have had <laughs> possibly one of the more gruesome injuries you'll ever see because his foot was turned around completely. Uh, it was brutal. Just brutal. Uh, um, that made us wear, uh, way around the on Friday night. And I, I remember just looking at it and being like, wow, that, that is yeah. just brutal. Definitely had Sid uh, Sid vibes uh, from that quite a bit, um, you know, and unfortunate too, because uh, you know, I always thought I I still feel like that Dante Martin has a opportunity to be a real big star in this on, in the wrestling business. I feel like he's he's got the ability, he's got a, a and this is definitely going to be a setback for him, but in massive setback in the sense of that, you know, he might have to change his style. You know, and you, you hope that leg doesn't have to get fused into one place because once that happens, it's pretty much just, well, there goes your mobility. Uh, so, I mean, there's a lot of uh, really kind of hard factors going into this now from that injury. Well, and Brutal. he's young, very young. That's, still that's true. Very early 20s. Um, thing with top flight in general is cursed. I swear to you, man, like right. if it's not him, it's his brother. And if it's not his brother, it's them both. And it, it we just wish him a very speedy recovery, obviously, Absolutely. Uh, because obviously AEW and ROH are better with top flight. Katsuyori Shibata defeating Wheeler Yuta, dude, on the freaking leaveable. I love Shibata. Once you hear the opening strum of that guitar, it's it's on man it's just right you're chilled out but yet you're ready to just see a brutal master of his craft just absolutely pick apart each piece of someone's body and wheeler has just come into his own as this you know little shit talking shibata uh ripoff you know mini shibata we'll call him um because he is just exceptional exceptional i think that these guys had such great chemistry and I think that, uh, you know, Wheeler can't really talk on the mic yet as much as he wants to. He's, he's better. He's getting, he's getting better, better for sure. Uh, but his work in the ring is getting super great. Um, he's around great yeah. people, too, that are helping bring him up. So, I mean, which is a world, a plethora of experience with the with the Blackpool combat. Mox, Danielson, Cassidy This guy could be a legend in the making. Who knows? Uh, or he could just be the forgotten fourth horseman, you know. You just never he won't be Paul anymore. Roma, though. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Roma, you Maybe Dean Malenko. Yeah. And then Claudio versus Eddie. I mean, it wasn't in, like it's eight stars in the Tokyo Dome match, but I think that obviously you still have Claudio being Claudio. You have Eddie hating Claudio, and they did some ridiculous feats of strength spots where uh, Claudio deadlifted and threw Eddie Kingston out of the ring. 
uh, he was standing on the apron and just lifted him straight over his head and just chucked him to the ground. Wow. And like in a back suplex. I loved it. I thought that the brutality that Claudio is now demonstrating uh, with the recent change with the Blackpool Combat Club, um, you know, it's got me interested. I think that AEW, it once again, will become the talk of the pro wrestling world uh, just because it's they've got a lot of interesting stories coming up, man. A lot of things they could do. And now you tie that in with ROH where it's kind of the same world, but, you know, semi split up um you could see a lot of fun at least characters develop and a lot of that roster which a lot of people said was too big too bloated now they get a place to shine so we shall see but uh i don't know did you watch any of the non-mania uh wrestling um i caught a little bit of ring of honor uh i the super card uh it was really good uh especially the match with uh sabata and uh willie yuda and then um i did see kingston versus um cesaro just because of the fact that i thought it was just going to be um yeah because there's that history there so you wonder if there's going to be some live rounds exchanged um you know and then plus eddie is also very unpredictable so there was that whole kind of every time Eddie wrestles, you're just like, all right, is he working? Is he shooting? What is he doing? Uh, you know, so there's that factor of you kind of have to watch it because you don't know what he's going to do because it was unpredictability. Um, you know, but he isn't. I mean, I thought it was a very good, solid main event. You know, it's not going to be what people are used to with Ring of Honor because they're just thinking it's going to be like, oh, you know, it's. Yeah, it was it was a pro wrestling match. It, it, two guys that didn't get along that, you know, that have a history together, and it, they were fighting for the top title. And you know, it wasn't going to be pretty. Anything with Eddie in it is, I know, is not going to be pretty because he's not exactly the prettiest worker. Uh, he's a believable worker, and also the the standpoint of too, you know, he can talk you into the building without question. He's one of the few guys that has that ability to just, yeah, like people always rank on him and it's just like, I would go back to his feud with CM Punk where he made people turn against Punk with his promo ability. There were people in, going into that match against Punk that were cheering for Eddie. And I was just like, that's a unique ability because yeah. Punk was so over at that point. Cause it was only like three or four months of him coming back and Eddie's just like, eh. I don't like you. Hey, partner. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's just this this Queens, New York accent uh, and just tough as nails personality of I'm going to beat the shit out of you and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. And that's Eddie, you know, and that's and that's one thing I, I truly respect about the guy. And, you know, him going to Ring of Honor, I think this works for him, um, you know, because I think that that's more his style. And plus he'll be off on his own little island for a little while, you know? <laughs> yeah, and I think it gives him um, some room to grow because I think the, the thing that it does for AEW as a whole, you know, I'm just talking about the companies. Right. Even though they're different um, and separate and what have you, but it gives the roster space. Right. You know, space to develop, you know, because if you still want to have your darks, you know, the dark 
regular and dark elevation, right? Kind of be like the showcase for enhancement guys, people to get over, uh, making a gimmick, things like that, and for that gimmick to develop. But you also still want it to be on the main show in front of the main crowds. Uh, that's great. But if you really want stories to develop or transition for established stars who, you know, have a gimmick, they're known by the crowds, but because of three hours of TV per week, don't have time to be developed or shown. Now they have a place. And I think it's great to put, you know, Eddie over there. Obviously you have to get the belt off Claudio somehow. Because you want Claudio to still be in AEW. I don't know what right. they're doing with the rosters yet. Um, I think they don't know either. Yeah, I, you know, I they're just kind of work in progress. Yeah, I think they're trying to see who's going to do what. Uh, obviously, you had Eddie, make, you know, publicly move over, but um, you know, what's the what's the hope there? I guess. But yeah, I mean, you transition now into mania right Mm -hmm. which also friday night because you had not only roh competing against aew for rampage which was a conundrum um you had smackdown the wrestlemania smackdown yep which for the last three years i think has had the Andre the Giant armbar battle royal. I believe um, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. But uh, um, this year featured the winner, the almighty Bobby Lashley, because they couldn't find a spot for him to wrestle on WrestleMania. Gosh. So they had him wrestle for a meaningless trophy that has done nothing for anyone nothing. ever. And nothing. I can't tell you anyone who's won besides um, uh, Cesaro when he first did it because he threw the big show out. You know, I think Baron Corbin won it one year. I think Baron Corbin did. Matt Hardy, I think, won one year. Oh, that's right. Matt Hardy did. I think Madcap Moss won last year, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, God. Which they promptly done nothing with him the last year. Um, You know, and... The Lashley thing, I mean, he was booked on WrestleMania, but because of um, what's been going on with Bray Wyatt, the mystery that's been going on with that, uh, he was left off the card, and they gave him this. And it was like, I I was, yeah, that was upsetting. That was, I I felt like if if I'm Bobby Lashley, it's just like I've been champion, what, twice now? Like, I've beaten Brock, you know? Like, you put me up against Omos last year. You think you couldn't get it? It's just... Well, now yeah. they're you know, they're they're going in different directions because Brace Brock faces Omas, yeah, you know, which we'll get to, and then uh, Lashley doesn't even have a you know a match. So, right. and supposedly Brock didn't want to face Lashley, you know, at WrestleMania. So, I think that's tough. Um, you know, Brock didn't want to face Bray. Bray didn't want to face anyone. Um, mm. So, kind of kind of some confusing conversations coming out of there creatively because and I was talking to you about this pre-show but out of those 2020 and 2021 releases and rehires 
had Chelsea Green Russell, mm-hmm. which you reminded me of. Yeah. Uh, you had Dakota Kai. You had Braun. That was it, really. That was it. So you yeah. didn't have your good brothers. You didn't have. Uh, uh, why am I forgetting names? <laughs> Bray. You didn't have Bray. You know, where Bray six months ago was, it, he was the talk of the town. Yeah. Like, I remember Gargano. what he did. Didn't have Gargano. But he, he, was, he was on the NXT show, though. He was on Stand and Deliver. But that was kind of a backwards movement for him because yeah. it's like, well, he was a stalwart in NXT and he's been on the main roster for the last six months or so and has done nothing. Nothing. Zero. They changed his theme song. Yeah. Which I felt like they made it worse. (laughs) Yes, Yes, they did. Um, But I mean, honestly, they they've done next to nothing with no one with anyone. Um, Didn't Eric Young get re-signed by WWE? I think as a producer. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so you don't have the Good Brothers. They're not doing anything. They haven't. I don't think I've seen them since AJ got hurt. So then, what's the point? Because I think they brought him in to appease AJ. Uh, you know, and you know, probably also them yeah. talking smack about them on their podcasts and stuff. They're just like, yeah, we'll just give them a contract to shut him up. <laughs> <laughs> but if there's one thing I know about uh, Gallows and Anderson, they don't care. They'll no. say whatever they want. <laughs> no. You know, I often forget that uh, so for like 20 minutes, Zelina Vega was uh, released too out of that uh, list. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, and then they, they re She wasn't her. there either. But yeah, you didn't see Top Dollar in the no. hit, hit, hit Patrol or whatever they're called. <laughs> the Riot Squad, I don't freaking know. Um, I'm seriously, like Hit, hit Row. Hit Row, that's what they are. Right. Uh, shit row. Um, they're, they're so forgettable, man. They are. I mean, B like, Fab can't wrestle. Top Dollar can't wrestle. And whoever the other guy is, is, I don't, does he wrestle? No. I mean, they were, the only reason that I think that they were any good in the first place is because they had Swerve. Swerve. And then the minute Swerve left, it's just like, okay, the magic is out of this thing. Yeah. Like, Did you watch you know, any of the Wally Mania? Speaking of Swerve, I saw the clip of Samoa Joe who looked highly intoxicated. Uh, <laughs> but no, I saw that <laughs> clip going around. Yeah. I kept hearing about it, but no, I I, I did not catch any Wally Mania. Have you? Uh, yeah, I watched some Wally Mania. Uh, okay. I, okay, so I watched the clips. Okay, okay, I didn't watch it live. Um, I just watched all the clips. Um, and they had Jade Cargill, uh, there. They had Samoa Joe. They had Hit Row, uh, reunite with Swerve. Oh, that's good. They had, which is why I brought this up. They had um, a whole bunch of people. They had the New Day there. They had the Usos and Solo. They had um, who else? Um, so it kind of like was the forbidden door event, I guess, uh, for yeah, or uh, for wrestling, <laughs> it was 100%. 100%. Um, 
Um, you know who I was just surprised that they didn't have like do anything though at WrestleMania. I mean, what about what about I mean like Scarlet, Karrion Cross? Yeah, where are they? I um, I just I I think that Karrion Cross hasn't really hit, um, which is surprising. Yeah. Uh, you know, because it's like I think Karrion Cross has a look that he looks like a star, you know, uh, and he can also prove that he's good because I've heard of Jesse Ventura, that Jesse Ventura video still makes me howl this day uh, when he's doing the Jesse Ventura impression. Oh, <laughs> if got, you haven't heard that, fans, it is you've got good. five more reps than you, you know. Uh, <laughs> that wasn't and, a bad one. No, it's not it, my. I've heard enough Jesse, but at the same time, it's like his is is a lot better than what what I could do. You know, it's like uh, I was a governor, a Navy SEAL. I am a fighter. I was in uh, Predator with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. You know, <laughs> but um, no, I, I Karrion Cross, I think, is a real talented guy. Um, I just for some reason, it's just like. It hasn't worked. It yeah. just had like they put it, and they've tried. I mean, they had him beat uh, Drew McIntyre, which yeah, and that still couldn't do anything. Like it's yeah. just it's been this. Uh, it's been hard with some of these guys. It's like I, Triple H brought brings them in and thinks, yeah, I, I can do what Vince couldn't, and it's just like some of these guys. Like you look at the Bray situation, and now it's clearly becoming. It's maybe it's Bray and not the company, you know, like yeah. that. That's one of those things because I because you feel bad because it's like because of Bray's situation, Bobby Lashley got screwed. Yeah, it's like you get this consolation prize of a, of a of a of an award that no one really can tell you who has won in the last five or ten years with it. I mean, they've been doing it. I think now ten years. Yeah. The we talk about the arm bar, yes, <laughs> yeah, you know, they have been doing it 10 years, I mean, or nine, something like that. I think, yeah. they, was it 30 they started or 31? They started at 30, I think, then yeah, yeah they started at 30 because that was the one, the Cesaro one, yeah. Um, mm. yeah, no, that was uh, you know, kind of a unfortunate sight of things to come. Um, because night one, let's talk about night one for WrestleMania. The pretty freaking good pay per view night, really, half really, of the good. Show. really good. Yeah, there was really no, there was really nothing that was lagging. You know, you could argue with the Cena and Austin Theory thing was a little lackluster, but I think that was more because the fact that Cena's schedule, he wasn't, he didn't take any bumps. It was a very safe match. He wasn't going to do anything that's going to jeopardize what's going on with his Hollywood career. So it was just, I'm here to get you over, kid. And that's mm -hmm. what he did. And, um, you know, it, and a lot of people are complaining about how it was underwhelming. And yeah, it was a little bit underwhelming, but at the same time, it's like, I have to think about the uh, other engagements that John Cena has been dealing with lately. So, Yeah. 
you know, that's, and I think that's the thing is like, we had done the Mazza Media show last week. Right. And um, I think we all collectively agreed that, you know, Cena's not going to stick around. So why put the belt on him? But I just don't like Austin Theory. I'm sorry. No, me neither. I, I'm 100% with you on that. It's like um, there's just something about him that just, that I'm like, uh, there's just something about the kid. Yeah. You know? I can't put my finger on it. It's not like I'm just trying to be, you know, yeah. against him for the sake of being against him. But there's, you ever just like meet somebody and you're just like, I, I don't know what it is about you, but I just can't stand you. It's, I have friends like that, that like, I, I just, I meet, I'm, I'm friends with them, but it's like, I can't stand you at the same time. Yeah. Um, you know, and it, it, but yeah, that's the way, exactly how I feel about theory. It's just like this one thing of every time I see his feet, like, I think he's a great worker. I think he's, he's very good in the ring. I think he's, he's solid, but I, I, Every time I see him on TV, I want to punch him in the face. Like yeah. it's he has that face of just and not heelish, anyways. Right. You know, it's this, it's, this it's is like the person. The person I just don't like. Yeah, I can agree with that. Yeah. Street Profits defeating Braun and Ricochet, Alpha Academy, and the Viking Raiders. Now, this is the showcase match, and I think wow. we were saying before the show that this had no right, no reason to be this good. No, it had no reason to be that good at, at all. And it just was, it, you know, it was like, we're giving you like seven or eight minutes and they filled seven or eight minutes. Yeah. Like there was no, like it was no filler, no wrestles, nothing. It was just like spot, 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 spot. But it was, it was good. It was done very well. I can't stand some of the spots and we talked about this. Um there was one where Ricochet goes up for a top rope splash, misses a splash. Then he's down on the mat because the guy rolls out of the way. I think it was Braun. And then uh, the Viking Raider dude, or no, then Braun goes up, misses Ricochet. So now Braun's on the mat. And then Viking Raider dude, I think it was Eric, uh, goes up to the top <laughs> I love rope. love how you're phrasing it. Viking Raider dude. <laughs> well, you know, it's Viking Raider one and two. I mean, they're all yeah, no, I understand. Uh it's not even hair and bald, you know, at least with FTR. Uh but yeah, uh Viking Raider one, we'll say. He goes up to the top rope. And the reason I'm making this a point is because neither of them were agile. That is brawn and Viking Raider. And when they both get up to the top rope, there's no way you would lay there. There's no way. Unless you were just that gassed, that tired, can't do this anymore. Um, you know, I need to take a nap. You know, because they're they're laying there and they're like, oh no, I can't move. I'm rolling back and forth. Get, you know, and then they roll out of the way. Well, yeah. But it's insulting. It's like, God, <laughs> man. Why did it what a stupid spot for a great match. What a stupid spot. I think my favorite spot though is the Braun Express <laughs> going around the ring, you know, trucking dudes. And then all of a sudden he just gets boom. leveled 
leveled by Angelo Dawkins. Yeah. Like and, Angelo just drills him. It was, and I remember somebody was just like, oh, that's from his time as a D1. I'm like, D1. I'm like, oh, is JR just taking over for a second? Yeah. He's, he comes when he in. He's a boomer like, sooner. That was when he was at Michigan State as a D1 lineman. Yeah, all right. <laughs> no, that was uh that was a move, man. Uh but I think that, you know, having Street Profits win, I didn't pick them in my WrestleMania uh pre uh preview episode for Mazza Media, but I uh picked Braun and Ricochet because I said, Why the heck are you building them up if you're gonna have them lose? Right. Because they are doing the stop start with street profits where they don't know when they're going to start pushing them, when they're going to make it to the top, when they're going to, you know, make them the team, but they keep trying. They keep giving them like this weird, you know, stop, start, push. And eventually what are you going to do? Cause the first they were teasing Montez going solo. Then they were teasing them, you know, being tag team champions. Then they were teasing the solo thing. It's never consistent. The team is fine. The gimmick's great. They have great chemistry in the ring. Right. Just make a decision because they're good talents. Um, Next match. This one for me uh, was a take it or leave it match. I, I didn't care for it personally. I thought that the interference in this match was hokey. I thought that the entrances were eh. This was Seth freaking Rollins and Logan Paul. What the hell was Seth wearing for a jacket is what I'm trying to figure out. <laughs> Becky was jealous. I, I know. She, I saw that. I saw that she was jealous of it. I'm just like, but this looks like a goddamn planet. Like It, it looked like that it was... He, I think he literally had like his own uh, gravitational pull with that damn thing. He did. Like it, it literally he was very just. Warm too. He had to have been. He's in Los Angeles, and I think that was a that stadium was closed, so it's like he, I don't know why you're gonna wear that. Um, I like the entrance. Uh, you know, like for Seth, I thought Logan Paul's was a real friggin' cheap ripoff. It was like he went wish. It was like he saw WrestleMania 12, the Shawn Michaels entrance, and he's just like, yeah, I want the really bad knockoff version of this. And then oh, he talks okay. throughout the entire thing, oh, and it God. just looked shit. It did. Um, it was drizzling, uh, to be fair. And it just, and you're not expecting that from somebody that just likes to be this over-the-top, like, troll personality that Logan Paul is. I mean, you would totally expect that. <laughs> you know, my ego is, you know, saying I need to fly and I need pyro. Damn it, no pyro. <laughs> uh, I thought that the the funniest part about that whole thing was, so WrestleMania, so WrestleMania um, entrances are pretty sacred when it comes to, you know, being spectacled, right? Mm-hmm. Rusev, you know, Rusev with the tank was always my favorite. I thought that, that was, was a damn good one. Um, you know, but Logan Paul, for some reason, leaked his own entrance the night yeah. before, and it didn't make it better. It made it worse. It wasn't because he leaked it. It was just because 
on the leaked version, it was like uh, zoomed out so far that you couldn't make out all the details. Right. And so I'm like, oh, he's got like a jetpack. And then he's <laughs> no, he's got this stupid fucking championship belt holder in a ladder match that he's hoisted onto, but he's not holding onto it. He's just like flapping his arms and talking. And then at the end, they put him down and then he starts walking with it still attached to him. So when he has a stop, remember to unhook himself and then keep going. Right. It looked dumb as fuck. Like, it did. absolutely took me out of it. The match was okay. Obviously, Seth carries the entire thing. Uh, for some reason, Logan Paul can hit a better buckshot lariat than anyone else in the world. Um, <laughs> like, it's insanely fluid. It is just so anything. fast. Dude, he is just so fast. He can like, do anything in the ring, and it bothers the shit out of me. Yeah. That he can literally, He this is part-time for him, and he is one of the better performers. Like, everything he does, I'm like, it's fucking kid knows what he's doing. But how many times do you think they rehearsed the match? That's, that's the way it'll am now, though. Like it, it, it does take you out of it, but at the same time, it's like that's just it's just a part of the business now. Yeah. Like before, it was like call it in the ring, and it's like, but then you look at Mar uh, Mania three with Savage and Steamboat, and they had a like a yellow pad with every single step drawn out. So mm. it's like, well, they're probably it. so fucked up on cocaine and <laughs> who knows what. Uh, allegedly, and we're not talking about Ricky Steamboat either, because Ricky Steamboat, I heard, is pretty clean, like straight edge. So I, I don't want to besmirch the name of Ricky Steamboat on this platform. <laughs> <laughs> you would never want to besmirch the name of Dick Blood. No. It's a great fucking name. Dude, why would you not That's, use that? As why shouldn't that be his gimmick name? Like, Dick Blood. Like... That would have been a perfect heel name too. Like, but the problem oh, yeah. is, was he couldn't be a heel. Like Ricky was so like white meat baby face. It's like I can't turn this guy heel. Can't to be can't be done. No. But we have the shits match next. <laughs> Trish, Lita, Becky, defeating Damage Jobbers. I mean Damage Control. <laughs> control alt delete that stable golly man you need to just end that task because it is just bad man like why even pair them together at this point they don't win there's nothing no. convincing about them uh you've made me not care about bailey eo sky i could literally give a shit about dakota kai okay but i don't care about you i don't care Right. I don't want to see you on my TV. You can't do anything. They have no momentum, and everyone's like, oh, they put people over. Cool, great. But when they first started, it was them running roughshod uh, all over the backstage and causing havoc and, you know, telling everyone, hey, we're here, you know, winning the women's championships, the tag team uh, belt that is, you know, give a multi-time uh, WWE Women's Champion and Bailey, you know, an NXT Champion and EO Sky. Um, what are we doing here, boys? You know, I mean, Lita looked slow. Trish looked great. Becky is obviously Becky. She looks mm -hmm. awesome all the time. But 
it, it, it just felt like you had, um, how do I say this? Lita just absolutely being carried. Yeah. Um, and that's hard to say. Like, it's hard, like, because I look at Trish and I look at Lita and it's just like, they were like the OGs of like my favorite women wrestlers. Yeah. You know, like, because I didn't take Sable seriously, but I took Trish and Lita seriously. Right. Because, you know, and Trish, when she first started, I was just like, she's just a valet. And she got better, you know, like, and she's still damn good. She's still very, very good. She's proved that the other night. I think Lita is definitely, it's like, well, they'll just, they'll get you there. You know, like, it's just, it's obvious that you're right, though, that she just, it's obvious she needs to be carried. I feel bad for Bailey because I feel like ever since she's gotten back since SummerSlam, that all she's been doing is taking L, 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 L. And apparently, you know, that they're, they're in a dangerous position right now where they, they could, she could be pushed out of the company. Like she just, she could just be completely frustrated and I don't blame her. Like, cause she's looking at my, you know, Mercedes right now and she's thinking, yeah, it is better on the other side. Yeah. You know? And it's like, and I, and I get it. I get, I get it. Why people get frustrated because there's so many, so many roles at the top and you feel like that you've done enough to be able to be at the top. And the fact that you're not, it's frustrating and I get it, you know? And I, but I also look at it and I say, um, there is so much women talent right now in WWE that's just roaring. Like they have, and obviously we're going to get to that later on, but it's just like, it's very hard. And I know it's frustrating for some of this talent of like, when's it going to be my time? And it's like, it might not be your time in this company. Your time might, might be in somewhere else. And she's not, I mean, not to make age an issue here, but traditionally female wrestlers don't wrestle too far into their forties. Right. And I think Bailey's in her mid to late thirties. It's crazy to think about, but she might be in her early thirties because her and her and Sasha were, uh, excuse me, Mercedes were really young. Like Mercedes, I think when she, like, but also when you're thinking about like 2015 and all that type of stuff, we're 2023 20, now, so that's almost like yeah. a decade ago. You know, yeah, she's so, 33 like, currently. Yeah, She'll that's 34 this year. Yeah, like she still has plenty, but I don't see many women going past like the age. It's very rare you see women go past like the age of 35, 36. Yeah. Like, because Trish and Lita, they both got out before like, they turned 35. Yeah. yeah. They both were think... out real quick. I think they've just turned 30. I mean, shoot, Stacey Keebler didn't even make it to 30. Yeah, but, you know, she. <laughs> yeah. When you have your. When George Clooney. When you start dating George Clooney, you don't need to have. I don't need to come back. <laughs> Amen to that. Um, it still gets you in the Hall of Fame somehow. Yeah. Um, but next we have the match of Mysterio. Ray defeating Dominic. Um, cool. It happened. It was a match. I think the highlight of the match for me was uh, Ray's wife and daughter. 
um, yeah, Angie and Aaliyah really just selling everything and making Dom look like a pile of dog shit. Um, Doesn't take much, though. No, no. I mean, just as like, a son, you know, they're slapping him and I think he spit at him and, you know, reprehensible. Um, I think that the match itself is okay. Um, what'd you think? Dom is not a good worker. I've said that for ever since that we've started this pro- program. Every time we talk about Dom, I'm like, what does he do Nothing. that's good? He doesn't do anything that's good. And um, the only highlight, the highlights for me, of course, were the family at ringside because that was yep. that was really kind of intense. But you know, the Snoop Dogg entrance for Ray too. Like coming out with oh, a yeah. low rider, and then they hit like that. To me, I was just like, "Viva la raza!" When that music hit, it was just like, "Oh yeah!" Like it, you just get like that shiver up your spine a little bit because it's like yeah. you want, you know, because you it's we're coming on twenty years almost. Yeah, so it's just years like without him. Or yeah, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, about eighteen years now. So it's like you know that like that, so it's like hearing that music at Mania felt good. Um, you know, and but just that low rider entrance, you're coming in with Snoop Dogg music. It's like, come on. Come on. That was so cool. And Dom Dom's entrance was okay too with the police escort, even though it's just dude, you're in fucking county. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, prison Dom's entrance was fun though. I thought that that was uh, absolute cheese. Um, but if you're gonna do it, you know why not strike while the iron's hot, which seems to be <clears throat> something they have a uh, problem with doing. We'll talk more about that in a little bit here. But uh, that was a groan heard around the world. Yeah. Uh, but not by this next match though. Uh, this match undoubtedly fucked. Fucked really hard actually. Rhea Ripley defeats Charlotte Flair and uh, an absolute just one for the ages. masterpiece. Yeah. Masterpiece. A, a, the rise, you know, it's like um, everything that they did three years ago wrong when they had uh, Charlotte beat her for the NXT championship, they, uh, they made up for, and then some, this match was a masterpiece. Yeah. Um, it, the, Instantly top five best women's wrestling match ever in any company. Um, You know, and that's saying a lot considering there's been a lot of great women's matches at WrestleMania the last five or 10 years, but, and they all also, some of them also can make an argument for the best ones ever. But this one, when I say is one of the best ones ever, I truly mean it because it was a, masterpiece and a star making performance for Rhea Ripley. Oh yeah. Now, I mean, SmackDown, their women divisions, you know, going to have a real tough time uh, building someone, I think to take her down personally. Yep. Um, we shall see. Uh, especially now that Charlotte announced today publicly that she's taking a break from WWE. Again. Yeah, she just came back. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> um, speaking of people who just came back, 
we had another random Pat McAfee uh, sighting, which is, you know, <laughs> it was really cool. But if they didn't sell it the same way that Cole did last time, I think it would be even better when he was at the Royal Rumble for probably right. my favorite commentary moments ever. Uh, just literally don't give a fuck uh, on commentary. He didn't know anything or anyone. He was like, what the hell is this? What's going on right now? <laughs> and him and Graves are just ribbing on each other. Oh, my God. it was I love that. But, uh, yeah, Pat McAfee comes out and faces The Miz because why not? Um, talk about someone who gets over. The Miz had two matches at WrestleMania this year. And neither of yeah. them planned. Neither uh, of them. And Bobby Lashley couldn't even get on the card. I know. Um, or LA Knight, for that matter. Yeah. That's 100% fact, Jack. In LA. Hmm. Yeah. And it's like you can't have to. It, one of the hottest, I think, personalities in wrestling right now. Like, he came out of the Bray feud, like, smelling like roses. And a lot of people can't say that. There's a lot of people that have gone out that have had feuds with with Bray where a little of the shine came off of go talk to Seth Rollins. Yeah. Um, L.A. Knight, though, because he's so goddamn good, was able yeah. to come out of that smell like roses. Let me talk to you. <laughs> Dummy. Yeah. Dummy. Yeah. Um. You don't say that. I'm talking to me. (laughs) (laughs) Eli Drake. Let me talk to you. Um, But Pat McAfee defeats The Miz in a match. It happened. Uh, Short did its thing. Um, But the real highlight of the night was Owens and Zayn defeating the Usos. Put them ones down for the tag team undisputed championships. Um, Very good match. Excellent. Very good match. Just absolute from beginning to end. The feel good moment that set the crowd home, just excited for the next day. (laughs) It's like we all, I, I, Coming out of this and out of that main event, I was just like, this, I said, they're, they really have got this. I yep. said, they have things, all the pins are set up. All they got to do is hit nail another strike tomorrow. It's and so uh, it's so easy. It's so easy when you know what you're doing and you know what right decisions to make. Yep. Um, and this was definitely one of them. It was the right time for the Usos to go down. They didn't have a problem with it, uh, but it, what a story that got told. Well, like, the, the Huluva the kicks in the corner, oh. just propping up the, the corpse, the dilapidated corpse of uh, Jimmy and just put you know, over and over and over again. Uh, amazing. Yeah, just the storytelling. Just master art, just artful. Um now we go from that to this night two wrestlemania sunday not that great uh honestly very forgettable a couple of the matches were excellent um of course we'll get to that later on um and then there were some ones that was just like what the hell is this 
Like, was this yeah. even need to get booked? No. No. Then we'll start off with one of those. Brock defeating Omos. Why was it even on the card? Because they wanted to give us the visual of Omos getting F5. Yeah. Which we saw. Yeah. I mean, um, they 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 want to see that big, you know, like it, it, going back to WrestleMania 3, that's been their logic of like, oh, let's have the big monster get dethroned. Like, and that's kind of the, the way that this kind of thing played out. It was Monster Beach Brock for a little bit. Brock finally gets some. You know, oh, is he going to be able to get him up for the F5? He couldn't make the first one. Second one, he nails it. Yeah. And everybody's happy. So, yeah. I mean, but it was just a match. Yeah. You know? uh, Rhonda, speaking of another match, Rhonda and Shayna defeating <sighs> Liv, Raquel, Natalia, Shotzi, Chelsea, and Sonia. I like how I give everyone just a first name. So, Rhonda Rousey, Shayna Baszler defeating Liv Morgan. Raquel Rodriguez, Shayna and or not Shayna, Shotzi and Natalia, um, Chelsea Green and Sonia Deville by submission, which this shouldn't have even been a match because I, I, I want to say that the rumor was Rhonda and Shayna versus Becky and Lita, but so I, I don't know what happened there. Why didn't they pull that trigger? Um, well, apparently, Shane, apparently Rhonda was coming in with a broken arm. Um, and then too, there was some, cause Rhonda, I guess had two scenarios brought to her and she said no on both. One was Rhea Ripley and the other was Becky Lynch. And she said no on both. Uh, so they went the way, route that they did. Uh, Rhonda, probably Rhonda didn't want to do a job at Mania again, cause She's done one the last two times that she's been at Mania, which, fine. Um, but at the same time, it, to be fair, a Ronda Rousey uh, Rhea Ripley match to me wouldn't have had the same effect that Charlotte and Ron, that Rhea Ripley no. would have had. So I'm kind of glad that they went the way that they did. Um, you know, Ronda's, they reacted to her for the match, so it's not like I can sit there and say that she doesn't She's not a star. She's just, you know, it's they're really in a position with her right now where they need to kind of figure out what they want to do. Well, she has very little charisma. Um, yeah. Other than just angry faces and, you know, that's angry faces don't win matches. <laughs> you know? I'm sorry. I mean, they don't win fans either. No. You know, um, I don't think. Anyone who ever made an angry face put butts in seats. And um, it's so crazy to me that Ronda, who debuted with The Rock at WrestleMania, you know, when she was still in the UFC, to this just thunderous ovation and, you know, to what she is now. Eh, is it the shtick we're tired of? Or is it the person? You know, I don't know. Um, I just don't really care about Ronda Rousey. It's unfortunate because I wish I wish I did. Uh, yeah. I was I was high on Ronda when she came in. I was still high on her when she came back. Um, 
but it was just like, but there's something that's missing. Yeah. There's something there that I'm just like, mm, what the hell are you doing? Like, <laughs> what are you doing here, Rhonda? Yeah, no, it's bad. Uh, what wasn't bad, though, was the match that happened next. Gunther <sighs> defeating Sheamus and Drew McIntyre in an absolute Brit rest spectacle. Uh, there was chopping. There was okay. There's so much chopping that Vince Offer from Slap Chop would have loved that match. Oof. I mean, he was salivating in his prison cell. I think he's in prison. Maybe he's not. I know he was for a bit. <laughs> um, just absolutely, he was. He was probably playing with his little Slap Chop over there. He was going nuts. <laughs> You're gonna love my nuts. Um, it's the only thing I remember from that commercial. But dude, this was just a match of just brutality. I mean, there was at one point that I think it was Sheamus's chest looked like roast beef. Yeah, yeah I um, it was hard hitting, uh, and those two with uh, Drew and Sheamus, who have both been world champions and both have had world championship matches at WrestleMania, yep. um, their main goal was to make sure that Gunther was made to look like an absolute machine and they pulled it off. Um, Gunther is without question, one of the most believable champions and one of the most believable workers in pro wrestling today. He has been like that for a long time. Like the United States are finally just starting to realize what other people, including myself and John have the last decade or so. This guy, I, when I saw this guy coming up, I'm like, if he goes to the E, he is going to be a star because this guy has the believability and the look to do it. He virtually can do anything. Yeah. But at the same time, what is his finisher? It's a power bomb and a splash. No frills, no bullshit, no flips. Just this guy who's going to go out there, chop the shit out of you, kick you in the face hit you with a power bomb and then jump on you <laughs> from the top rope. It's yeah, like, this is right. what you're going to deal with. That sounds about right. Um, this next match is one of those that uh, I'm so angry at the finish. You Bianca Belair and Asuka and you don't let Asuka go over excuse me is this yeah. this is when i started to realize dan that we're that we're watching vince mcmahon go back into gorilla position and we're watching and put that headset back on you know back when you heard this is I feel like he just is he's back and then you know doing his thing. Uh, you know, that's my opinion, of course. But how? How do you not let Asuka win? You know, what else does she have to do? She lost at Mania when she won the Royal Rumble. She, you know, hasn't done this, hasn't done that. You've every time I feel like she gets the belt, she has a forgettable title run. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
what else what else do you need her to do i have no idea what else that they need to do to kind of uh for oscar and you know i i thought with triple h in charge which considering what's gone on the last 24 to 48 hours maybe triple h wasn't in control of night two i don't know um the fact is is that I went into this thinking Oscar should win. Oscar needs a decent run, a really good run as a heel. Um, but they want to kept the, you know, which, and I don't mind Bianca. Like, it's not like I'm a Bianca hater or anything like that. I think Bianca is uh, in standard. I, I understand. Yeah. Um, I get, I get why people don't like her. I think she's a great role model. Obviously, with her entrance, she's proven that. Um, you know that that story about the young girl with the con- the contortionist, yep. uh, a part of her entrance. Uh, number one is heartbreaking, heartbreaking, but also shows just the type of person that Bianca is. I think in the end, where you know people might not like you know, or and, and I get some of the hate that she gets. I, I get it. But I think Bianca is an outstanding role model for the industry. You know, when you see little girls dress up as her and, you know, they want to be like Bianca Belair, it's like you really can't go against that. Yeah. You know, as much as we might not like it, like with John Cena, it was like I was in that heated peak of this. I want to see him get destroyed. I want to see him go down. But then you see like little kids dress up as them and it's just like they're doing the you can't see me thing. And you're just like the 650 right, make a wish. You know, yeah, request. it's like and I get it, you know. Um, and, and yeah, Bianca, for everything that she that I might disagree with uh, her presentation, um, because I don't think the, the braid is good. I think it's a stupid gimmick. Um I think it's, it's weapon. been weaponized. It's a weapon, it, you know. <laughs> and if you can, if it's not real, and it, someone said the earlier today, I saw a comment. They're like, "Well, every girl has hair extensions, but they don't use them as weapons." No. You know, and she holds it while she wrestles, which I think is distracting. Um, you know, I think that that part of her gimmick and not really having a gimmick besides being the EST, uh, you know, you're no Mister Perfect. For one, um, but number two, yes, for everything that I don't, you know, care for in the presentation of Bianca, I care for as a, a human being of Bianca, and I she's think also she's an amazing role model. She's also had some great matches. She had, like she she's has had some great matches. She's had she's improved quite a bit. Like because I remember her from the, I remember her from the original May Young Classic, and I remember telling people I said she's got something and just i felt like that the seasoning had to be there and she's definitely had her seasoning where it's just like okay like you can you're ready to run i'm glad that i i kind of i because everybody was just like i don't know about her and i'm just like i'm telling you i said there's something about her that's like she's that it's there and then the last couple of years people are just like they finally come around and they're just like "Yeah, yeah i guess you're right yeah. But I get why people like it's Bianca is like another one of those. It's because of the fact that I think too, that she is that role model and that automatically like wrestling 
at times, if you're a role model, you automatically have a target on your back from like the hardcores. Yeah. So it, it's like, it, it does come with the territory. I can agree with that. Um, so we get that. And then we go into another impromptu mismatch, which has Shane McMahon. <laughs> Shane McMahon come out. Probably and, the funniest um, moment of the whole weekend. This this right here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Shane comes out and uh, <coughs> blows his quads. <laughs> And that was it. <laughs> Legitimately, the match went on for two minutes because Snoop Dogg gets the win over The Miz uh, because he jumps in for McQuadter. Um, which he, I mean... Snoop Dogg is a genius because... Yeah. And I, Literally, he knew what was happening. He's just like, oh, I got to save things. And yeah. he just, he literally, he didn't even think about, hesitate or nothing. It was just like within 15 seconds, he just like punches Miz in the face, drops the elbow, and it's just like, oh, hey. It's like, and that's why Snoop Dogg is a national treasure. Like, it's one yes. of those things where you just have to look at it. And you say, this guy is, gets it. Like, because literally within 15 seconds of the injury, it's just like, oh, do a spot. He just knew. Like, and yeah. you can't teach something like that to people. No, and even better on top of that, he has more singles victories than Sasha Banks at WrestleMania. I know. <laughs> so, moving on. <laughs> I'm not even going to touch that one. That's There's a reason Mercedes Monet exists. That's all I'm going to say. Um, and this match, this next one, uh, Edge and Demon Balor in a Hell in a Cell. Mm. I want your thoughts. Um, uh, Edge has been treated. Uh, well, I think I'm not going to say this negative. I, I really can't say anything negative about Edge because. Edge, I think, since his comeback, has been doing everything he can to make things really interesting in every feud that he's had. Yeah. Um, Finn Balor came into this as with really no heat because everybody was talking about like Rhea and Dom, and he's supposed to be the leader of the Judgment Day. Yeah. But everybody was talking about Rhea and Dom. And no one was talking about Finn Balor. I don't really think so, Balor is the leader, even if he's supposed to be, you know, he's so in the background of that group. Um, I think Demian Priest has more of a uh, personality than he does right now. Well, obviously we'll talk about that later, but like it, that's, but you know, if you're Finn Balor, you just have to look around and you just have to be like, what the frick am I doing here? Yeah. Like, cause he came into this with very little heat. And it, cause everything is, it's been the Dom and Rhea show for the last like three months. And, you know, it, he just kind of was like a, a spare spoke in the wheel yeah. and just coming into this. It was just like, you kind of felt for him. 
like he was in a really big kind of matchup uh and you know a hell in a cell match against edge but i don't think really people cared no they didn't um and to be honest with you i think damian priest got a bigger pop and we didn't even talk about this but during the ray and dom match uh he comes out to do you know interference yeah and the latin world order comes out and interrupts him you know legendo yep. del fantasma and um i thought that was cool kind of a nice callback to the hall of fame when ray you know quote unquote christened them all latin world order right and um we'll see if they do anything with that if they forget about it who knows um but at least for that spot was really cool but I think he got a bigger pop than Finn, and the only thing Finn got was a huge head gash. Um, right. um, match was average, not a exceptional Hell in a Cell. I think that Edge's um, entrance was worse than it should have been because it would everyone was expecting it to be was a brood entrance, right? And they did nothing for the brood. They had him come out. Layers that was good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they had Slayer South of Heaven, uh, for some reason. Um, I don't know. I I don't know. It was an average match for me, um, and kind of just set me up for like I was like, okay, so this one was a little bit of a stinker, but the next one's gonna be great, right? And then it fucking wasn't. Mm. When I when I when I think in my heart of hearts we we have Sammy and Kevin win the undisputed championships. Yay, raw, yeah, WrestleMania babyface win. Love it. Mm-hmm. Everyone loves the acclaimed. I mean, everyone loves good babyface win. Um, unless you're a cop. But the problem is You don't have that. And instead, you give us the shit sandwich of Roman Reigns defeating Cody Rhodes for some ungodly known reason. Why do you fucking have Roman go over? I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't understand the thought process. Maybe they will. And I'll say, Papa H, I forgive you. Um, But I don't get it. It was a good match, but all of a sudden, Roman, you know, does the interference spot again with Solo spiking uh, Cody for no freaking reason other than Roman somehow can't win on his own, which how is that going to make you, you know, oh, I get it, he's a heel. But if you really are trying to bill him as this dude who's held the belt, Tribal Chief, acknowledge me. I'm better than everyone else. No one can defeat me. But yet, I cannot win on my own ever. Yeah. Ever, ever. Yeah. Ever, ever, ever. Why the fuck do I want to see your championship brain go on? I'll be honest with you. I am furious. Because that had the potential to be one of the greatest WrestleMania moments of all time. And now it's just a moment. 
I think, um, and there were people that leading into this that I had had conversations with and I had overheard people talking about, they said, um, you know, I kind of want to see Roman Reigns hit a thousand days as a champion. It's just like, um, whenever somebody says that, I always think to myself, you know, it doesn't mean anything, right? If he's champion for a thousand days or fucking nine days, it doesn't matter. It doesn't because it's fake. It's predetermined. He's not really holding the belt for a thousand days. It's he was chosen to carry the title for a thousand days. And there's no skill in that. And, and then, but also at the same time, it's like, he's not going to get to Bruno's record. He's not going to get to Hogan's record at four years. Cause if they get him to four, if even if he holds the belt for three years, which is all in all now a possibility for what? Like for what? Like for why do we need to keep this going on? What, so he can hit this, like, milestone that really, like, only wrestling nerds really give a shit about? I don't care about it because of the fact that this is the longest championship reign since 1988. It's already the longest run in clo- close to four decades. So what does it matter if it ends at, like, 930-something? But no, we want to get it to 1,000 days. For what? So we can just extend the process out longer so that way a baby face can't get over him because no one's been able to everybody talks about oh you know it was the most watched wrestlemania and all this stuff yeah of course it was when you're charging five to ten dollars a month instead of paying 50 to 60 dollars which you know more on that later and my concerns of that but for Roman Reigns to walk out this weekend as champion still is mind-blowing because I said it in several occasions to people. I said it even, I think, on Media during the program last week. I said, any other decision of Cody Rhodes not walking out, of the, walking out as champion is Starcade 97. And He didn't walk out as champion. He sold so much merch. He had so much positive momentum coming in. And I know what they're going to say. They're going to be like, well, it's not like he lost clean. No one has lost clean to Roman Reigns in the last two years, two and a half years. No one. Maybe Edge and fucking Brian two years ago. But that was it. Because that was a triple threat match. And technically there's no disqualifications for that. They can do whatever the fuck they want. Same thing last year at SummerSlam when he defeated Brock Lesnar for the millionth goddamn time. Because, again, you know, it's a last man standing match. You can do whatever you want. But he's beaten every top babyface as you possibly can to the point of now where John and I have talked about it. I've talked about it with other podcasts. I said, Cody's the one. 
Cody is the baby face. He's the guy that they wanted, the guy that could carry the company, carry the load as the top guy. And they didn't do it. They made the decision, let's keep this train going. For what? For a thousand days? For a thousand days of a very hollow record of the fact of that he's not going to get to four years. Of Hulk, he's not going to try to get to Hulk Hogan. And you'd be damn stupid to get him to have him have the belt on for eight years and pass Bruno's record. Is that their plan now? They're just going to be like, let's, let's have him pass Bruno's record. At that point, you should just close the company and just shutter everything because no one's going to want to see that. No one is going to want to see five to six more years of the same fucking thing. Multiple finishes. And they've all been the same. Every match that he has been in. It's just like, oh, he's in a problem. Oh, he's, oh, here come the Usos. Oh, here comes Sokoa. Every fucking time. And it's reached the point now of, yes, it's historic from the standpoint of, well, you know, yeah, but it's hollow again. Him holding the belt for a thousand days means fucking nothing. It doesn't mean anything. Because it's not real. It's not a real record. Like I say, oh, I want to see him get a thousand days. It's not real. Like it's not. It's not like it's not a take. It's you're chosen for that spot. It's not like you're holding on to it. I'm holding on to this. It's not yours to hold. It's not. You are, you're holding a title for a thousand days because the company told you to have it. That doesn't mean that you are been the champion for a thousand days. That's the company saying, yeah, you got it. Yeah, we're going to give this to you. But what's he done for it? Like, we could go, what's he had like 25 title defenses, maybe even less? Like in two and a half years? Like, well, now he's supposed to do a break. Yeah. Well, supposedly, which is even more asinine because I still remember, um, I still remember when Brock was champion and he was champion for like 500 days at one point. Everybody was flipping their lid every week because it was just like, he didn't show up on Raw again. He'd show up on the pay-per-view again. Yet Roman does the same thing, and everybody's just like, well, I hope he gets to a thousand days. Shut up. They had the top baby face. He was the best baby face chance that they've had in a while. Because they tried to make Roman Reigns a baby face, and it didn't work. At all. People didn't want it. They did not want to cheer him. But you know what you found with Cody Rhodes? Somebody you can cheer, and you fucked it up. Yeah, lightning in a bottle. I mean, absolute, just unbelievable opportunity there. And here's the thing. It could have been redeemed. But yet. But yet, Daniel-san. Oh, God. The Raw after WrestleMania. A ah! 
sacred moment in our sports <sighs> history. Something that is revered and looked at and looked forward to. The thing that made Fandango a verb to Fandango, an adjective, a descriptor of his theme and the karaoke that was done debuts and shocking championship victories. And then you get last night. An absolute shit pile of wrestling. Something that was in a thirty in a thirty-three minutes of wrestling in a in a hundred and eighty minute program. Sorry to interrupt, but I just and then they say Vince is back. That's gonna be the gorilla, and that he was rewriting the show. They uh, tweets had come out that the show had been been rewritten twice. Mm And had been rewritten three more times during the show. And then it was being handed to the production staff with all the changes that were being made. Matches were canceled. Matches were reworked. And on top of that, you start to give Cody a little momentum. Mm -hmm. You know, you open the show, right, with Papa H. Nothing is going to change. Everything is the same. WWE forever. Because earlier in the day, uh, news had broken about Endeavor, the parent company of UFC, merging the UFC and WWE into one mega conglomerate. We'll talk about that later. Yeah, we will. I have concerns. um, I think we all do. Yeah. But now, you know, then now together forever, together, whatever, right? near, far, closer, together, you know, all the other stuff that uh, Papa H said. Um, But there's really no wrestling on the show. Like, at all. None. And the main event, which they built up for the entire show, you got to watch it. It's must-see TV. It was a huge reveal Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa versus Cody Rhodes and a partner, mystery partner, which later is clarified to somebody who worked WrestleMania this past weekend. So that way you knew it wasn't going to be a debut. Right. It's revealed to be Brock Lesnar. And Heyman is scared. You can see the fear in his eyes because he knows He's a made man by Brock Lesnar. And Roman, for a second, showed fear and hesitation because Brock Lesnar has his number and always has, even though Roman's beaten him 17 times with interference each time. And then, if this just shit pile of ice cream can't get any worse... They put a moldy cherry on top by having Brock immediately turn on Cody before the match can begin when the entrances were longer than the match. The match never started. Never started. The entrances themselves were like 10 minutes. You have two long entrances to an immediate turn 
of Brock Lesnar. And then Raw ends on Lesnar just absolutely destroying Cody Rhodes. He destroyed the memory of Cody. He destroyed the lineage of Cody. He dug Dusty Rhodes up, kicked him in the dick a couple times, destroyed him. He absolutely leveled Cody Rhodes, left him in a complete shambles, and ends the show flipping off the camera. And uh, that was it. Cody Rhodes. Yeah, it just, I, I, I remember I said it at several points last night. I said, they need to do two things. One of two things. I said, they're, I said, Brock's either going to, Brock's going to turn heel or Cody pins Roman, which this is how you can get out of it. Yeah. Cody pins Roman in the tag team match. Then the night before is an afterthought. And plus, that gives you a, a shocking feel-good moment out of the Raw after WrestleMania, which is something that that has severely lacked to the last couple of years. Yeah. Like a real honest to like, wow. That was like, that was something. But they went with the old tried and true Brock's just going to leave him laying and he's going to turn heel. Like it's, it's at this point, it's just like, I should have known the second they announced it, that this is the way they're going to do it. But in the back of my mind, I'm just like, because at that point I didn't know fully who was really calling the shots. So, you know, um, when I found out later what was going on, I was just like, well, this all makes sense now. Yeah. Um, you know, and again, it's just like where your morale for, you know, like, I feel like I'm with the talent sometimes of like, that I feel like the morale is just kind of collapsed within as a being a fan of this product. Um, you know, just cause like coming into this, it was like, we all were so kind of happy and like we all thought hey you know it's gonna be a good weekend and all this stuff and then tuesday morning you wake up and you're just like oh god uh yeah yeah no it was it was bullshit i mean the mat the the not even the match the the entire raw was awful no one debuted you had the only debut was Matt Riddle getting his first name back. Yeah. Um, so now he came back as Matt Riddle. The crowd didn't cheer. No. Uh, they were like, woo. Um, I, I actually have nothing good to say about that show. I have nothing good to say about it. Um, Nothing good came out of last night. No, nothing. Um, And they can argue all they want and say, you know, and they did good numbers. They did very good numbers, but I don't know how long it's going to sustain. You know, because it's just like people aren't going to put up with this stuff anymore. They're just not. 
And, um, you know, I, I think that there things are going to have to change uh, or they're going to have to kind of stay the course that they were because rewriting of the shows and that type of stuff, that shit just not going to fly anymore. Yeah. Like the talent do not want to deal with that anymore. The, the people, the production people don't want to deal with that anymore. Yeah. And um, let's talk about the ramifications here. Because like I said, earlier in the day, it was announced that WWE was sold or merged, I should say, with Endeavor, which is the parent company of the UFC. They're a multi-billion dollar conglomerate. And um, this now makes the WWE... UFC company, the biggest entertainment company, I believe, in the world. Um, at least live events. I can't think of anything mm-hmm. that'll be beating them. There's probably something, but I mean, they are worldwide, multinational. Um, absolutely, both of them are understood to be the top in their craft. And it's insane to me. I mean, I think that out of all of the pot- the potential suitors that you and I even discussed months ago, uh, that I'm happy that it was at least something like that. Uh, Vince McMahon stays an executive chairman. Um, you have Nick Khan as president of the new form WWE. Triple H stays as the chief content officer. But nothing really changes on paper except when you hear that Vince McMahon is running creative again. Um, Even if he I don't know if, not. I, I don't know if last night he was just trying to swing his dick around to kind of um, make it clear to people. Like, I don't know if that was his intention. I don't know if yeah. like... Plus, I I don't know if there's going to be people around him this time. Now they're going to be like, you know, last night was a disaster, right? Because of your shit. Like, are there going to be enough people to say that? Because, you know, um, you know, their endeavor has bought this with the intention of keeping him around. Mm-hmm. I don't know why the fuck you want to do that. At I mean, all, at now you all. Have Vincent and Dave and Dana White. Dana White's got his own. Dana White's like a, a personality on his own. You got to fucking deal with. Yeah. And now you have Dana White and Vince McMahon together. That that is that is scary in the sense of that those two are the most successful promoters in in anything in the last 50 years yeah don king can make an argument bob arams also can make an argument but at the end of the day right now the two most successful promoters in sports entertainment slash combat sports vince mcmahon and dana white and now they are under the same umbrella that is scary to think about 
because now you have yeah you have these two guys now being able they're under the same umbrella they're going to be able to and they've also at certain points have had issues with certain talents these guys can make and break career publicly these guys can make and break careers like no one and we're heading towards a with all this stuff it's like uh, is this going to change the the peacock relationship is endeavor now going to say well now wwe pay-per-views can be on um espn plus and the the consumer can just pay forty dollars extra a month for fuck you i'm not doing that it's not happening if you want to be smart about it endeavor you can combine both platforms and you want to charge like if they want to charge 25 bucks a month for UFC and WWE as a, as a network, I'll pay it. I'll pay it, which I think is probably the more sufficient price point instead of, you know, it's $60 on top of your subscription fee from ESPN plus. It's like, you know, what the fuck? And the, the American economy either too is just not going to stand for, $60 monthly pay-per-views anymore. No. AEW doesn't do that. They do it every quarterly. three or four months quarterly. You know, and which is fair, but I don't think a a monthly pay-per-view at that type of money, that model is dead. It's not going to work anymore. Yeah. And Dana can sit there and claim all he wants that, oh, we've been a powerhouse the last seven years since this deal got put through. UFC has suffered when they were bought by Endeavor. There's something about them that is no longer the UFC than in the mid 2000s. Exactly. In the mid 2000s, the UFC was literally the hottest effing thing on the planet. It was when Brock beat Frank Mir. Yeah. Or, you know, I mean, I was there the night that Randy, I was at a, I was at a bar the night that Randy Couture beat Tim Sylvia. And that place was electric. You're dealing with two different fan bases as well because two different clientels. Pro wrestling people tend to be a little bit more, I guess you could say, nerdy. <laughs> you know, we're more of uh we're more people that, that like to um you know, because we're dealing with things that are creative. You know, we're dealing with characters. We're dealing with, um, you know, story arcs and things of that nature. Where you the the common UFC fan is some giga chat that doesn't fucking know any better that wants to fight six guys in the parking lot after a fight because they got so much testosterone in their system, and it's just like it's two different. It's like. So those two fan bases really coexisting, it's not going to work. Like, it's not like UFC people are going to go to WWE events and WWE fans are going to go to UFC events. It's not going to work. Um, it, it's just, um, if you're Tony Khan and you're another promoter and you're other promoter, th- this concerns you. This so concerns you now because... I mean, and I still remember the tweet over the summer where, you know, Tony was having dinner with Dana White, talking yep. about 
what was going on with the money in the bank situation in Las Vegas. Those days are over, Tony. You're not going to be having dinner with Dana anymore. And if you are, it's not going to be, you know, Dana White's not going to preview your information now that you might want on the inside because now it's like you're at war. You're not only now at war with WWE, but you now have another war to deal with. That's with the UFC. I don't know, man. I think they, I think they still operate in two different spheres. You know, just like you're talking about fan bases. It's, you know. it's they do. I, I, I'm talking about fan bases, but I'm talking about a global, like a, a mission statement from, from from the company. You know, Endeavor now I think is going to be like they're going to start really pushing hard in other companies. And that's because you got a Hollywood behind you now. Like this is a massive, like conglomerate company that not only deals with WWE and also UFC, this is a talent agency. Like they have a lot of connections now in Hollywood. They have a lot of, so like their pockets just keep getting bigger. Their Rolodex just keeps getting bigger. A lot of the talent now uh, from WWE is probably going to be able now to probably get representation from some of these people. I don't know. Like, there's a lot of things now that are in play. Is it going to be better for the talent? I don't know. Because I've heard some of the UFC fighters are having problems with their pay, with their pay and, you know, stuff of that nature that's gone on since this deal. So there's a lot of contributing factors to it. Um, I still don't understand why they're staying the course with Vince as an executive. Um, Because usually when you buy something, you should be able to be like, we're buying it. We don't need you. (laughs) But apparently he has a long standing relationship with, uh, the real head of it. Um, and, you know, this deal was made last Friday. It was announced this week, but it was done last week. Yeah. Because the CNBC interview, they said that they, um, that interview seemed to have been made on Friday. So they knew Friday that this was happening. They announced, they leaked it Sunday and then Monday morning, everybody knew about it. Yeah. By the time, Sunday night rolled around going into the main event and all that stuff. You know, the landscape of the company had already kind of changed because it was starting to trickle out that they, it was going to be a merger. Like this isn't a, this isn't now a, a simple thing of they bought them. No, this is a combination. Now this is a literal powerhouse of, and also, it kind of comes full circle because at one point, Vince McMahon had the opportunity to buy UFC and he didn't do it. And now UFC and WWE are under the same umbrella. Yep. I mean, it's... I wanted Disney because of the comedy of it, but this is one of those situations of... Um, I'm kind of waiting with my bated breath because I don't know how things are going to turn out. Right. And I feel like we can leave it there because there's really not much more to speculate about. We don't know how this is going to unravel yet. We don't know the future, Um, but it's going to get interesting. 
I think it's going to sure. get real interesting, man. But uh, Dan, any last thoughts? No, brother, I'm good. Um, I wish it was a better ending. I wish it was a better ending uh, Sunday night. I wish that we could have come in here um, glowing about everything that has had transpired the last 24 to 48 hours. Um, but it's been difficult um, as a wrestling fan to kind of come in here with some form of optimism. Um, I think things will get better. At least I hope they do. Um, I think that maybe this was a blip on the radar and things will go back to normal next week. I don't know. Um, you know, I think for, for the time being, it's like, I'm probably going to start checking out more companies other than like the major ones, Mm -hmm. you know, like, um, to kind of try to get my fill out there because I don't know what WWE is going to look like in the next six, three to six months. So. I can agree with that. So I don't have any other thoughts either, but I hope you guys have a great rest of your week and uh, we'll be back here soon. We've got a lot of great content uh, we've uh, recorded in the past that we're going to be starting to get now for you. Um, just some absolute